All right. Um, let me get all our notes together here. Let's take our Bibles and we'll start off in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. You can go ahead and be turning there while we get everything started. Ephesians chapter number 5. Went ahead and turned on our exhaust fan again to help it cool off. It's a little noisy, but I think I'll still be able to hear well. Ephesians chapter number 5. As we're going to start talking about a, a, a class that I guess we're going to try to call philosophy. I don't have a handout or PowerPoint today. I might end up um, making one of those with the rest of these. I just haven't quite decided which way I want to go with it yet. So these, these things we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, some of them are, um, some of them people say were, are matters of opinion. Some people are going to say that uh, or, you know, they're going to have extreme ideas one way or the other. The, the, these things that we're talking about, the reason I wanted to call them philosophies is for this reason. Because the Bible does not give, here's that word we use for our worldviews class. The Bible does not give explicit commands on these things. So what we're left doing is this. I've got to scour through the scriptures, find as many ideas as I can, and then try to figure out you know, like this funnel system. Here's all these parameters, and then it funnels down into this. Okay, then, then once I get down to the bottom of the funnel, what, what am I left with? That's kind of what a philosophy is. It's like, okay, the, the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. Boom, got it. I don't, I don't have to wonder about that. Okay, that, that's a pretty easy one. Um, what about this, though? Paul, he had, a, he had an illustration that he used over in Corinthians, there were Christians that were trying to figure out if it was okay to shop at the meat market where the idol worshipers were because they were using meat that was used in idol worship. Okay? That came down to a philosophy. Paul gave different ideas about when it was right and when it was wrong, if you should or if you shouldn't. To answer that, Paul's like, hey, it's just, it's just meat. There's nothing wrong with meat. Meat's meat. Eat it. But... If you doing that is going to cause this baby Christian to fall back into his idol worship, you've just messed up. See how that works? That's a philosophy. That is, that is something where you take different ideas and you put them together to have a good outcome. So one of the things we're going to look at today is music. Now, I'll go ahead and say this. Music is a massive topic. There's, there's so many different questions you can ask, uh, different and this, well, I don't even think it was necessarily a thing back in the days of the Bible. Maybe it is now. Uh, different genres. We talk about different lyrics. You can talk about, um, you can talk about beat. You can talk about when it's being used. Today, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to stick with what is church music. That's, that's kind of, that's going to be the road that we're going to stay on. Lots of different offshoots we could go down. Today, I'm going to talk about church music. Um, I had something I wanted to look up real quick. So we're going to have a word of prayer. Uh, we're going to ask the Lord to help us. I'm going to give you the scriptures. And I am not going to talk a whole lot about genres of music. I'm not going to talk a lot about artists. But I am going to give you the scriptures. That's what my job is. My job is to give you the scriptures. And then I'm going to talk about how we use those scriptures and why hymns typically are what's used in church and why hymns are just different. 
I mean, let's just face it. It's a different style of music than you hear anywhere else. And why is that? Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. So let's, uh, let's bow for prayer. We'll ask the Lord's help, and then we'll dig into it. Our Lord, we love you. And, and again, what our goal here today to do is, Lord, we want to do things in a way that would be well-pleasing to you. I pray that you would see the things that, that we talk about and the things that we do. You would be honored by them. And, Lord, as we're talking about a class that, in a sense, would be philosophical, Lord, I pray that you would help us just to have a clear picture of the Scriptures and to, Lord, come to conclusions that you would have us to come to. Our Father, we love you. We love your word, and we want to honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen. Um, so the first one's going to be this. You should already be uh, guessing that scripture. Now let's go. Oh, I gave you the wrong notes. Uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, verse number 19. And I guess the first question we're asking is this. How does the Bible say we should use music? Because let's, um, well, let's just go ahead and face it. Music is a tool. It is. It's a tool. Sometimes it is a tool for entertainment. Sometimes it is a tool to just shut your mind off for a little while. Sometimes we use it as a tool to help little kids fall asleep. Sometimes we use it as a tool to help mom and dad fall asleep. Sometimes it's a tool that can put you in an attitude of, of peace and harmony with God. Uh, you remember David in the Old Testament? Saul had an evil spirit. So David showed up. He started playing his harp. And the Bible said it made Saul feel good. And took away that evil spirit. And sometimes there's also music that can be used in a sense of war. There was um, a time when Moses, when he was up on the mountain getting the message from God, as he was on his way back down, he's like, man, I hear something. And it sounds like the sound of war. What were they doing? They were down there jumping and dancing around a golden cow. And he thought it sounded like war that they were doing. They were having some kind of music going on down there. So music is a tool. You use it for different times at different places for different reasons. Um, so today we're specifically talking about church music and, and how that's used and what the Bible says about it. So Ephesians chapter number 5, this is our first point, verse number 19. The Bible says this, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart, to the Lord. Wow. There's actually a lot to unpack there in that verse if you start looking at it word for word. The first thing is this. Who are we singing to? Well, it says to, and it gives it two different people. First thing is this. We're going to sing to one another in songs and hymns, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's one of the reasons that we sing collectively as a group. When we come and when we sing as a congregation, while we don't have a choir, but choirs are nice. I like choirs. Maybe one day we will have a choir. But if we were to have a choir, what are we doing? We are singing to one another. We are singing things about the Lord in a sense of worshiping God. And we are also doing that under the overall umbrella of this. Again, verse number 19, the last verse. Singing and making melody, two things. In your heart to the Lord. In your heart to the Lord. So that tells me whatever it is that we are singing to one another in this church setting, in a worship setting, it needs to be, number one, something from our heart. It's heartfelt. It's something that is, what's the word? It's true, I guess. I guess heartfelt is just the best way to put it. But then we're also doing that in the sense of I am singing it to the Lord. It's from my heart to the Lord for the benefit of everyone here. 
So that being said, let's, let's look in contrast. Let's look at what this is not. By doing so, it'll help us see what it is, right? What this is not is me putting on a performance to show you how good I can sing. Because first off, I would never do that. I'm not a good singer. Whenever I go back and listen to our videos, I'm just like, no, fast forward. And I'm tempted to even just get rid of the music part. But, you know, it's on there, whatever. I don't like hearing myself sing. And for the record, I, I would never want to put on a performance just to show you how good of a singer I am in a worship context. Is there a time and place for that? Okay, yeah, probably. But it's not when you're trying to honor the Lord. Because if I am trying to sing a song and I am wanting to worship the Lord, here's what I don't want. I don't want everyone hearing that song looking at me instead of looking at Christ. See what I'm saying? Let's say, for example, I stand up here and I, I'm going to do a, sing a song. I want you all to hear it. I'm going to sing Amazing Grace. What my heart should be is this, because I'm singing to you for the purpose of honoring the Lord. I want you to hear about how amazing God's grace is. It's God's grace that saved me and keeps me from sin. It's God's grace that's going to take me to, to the, my eternal home and keep me there forever. And it's by the grace of God that He loved me. You hearing that is more important than you hearing how just perfectly I hit that last note. See, see what I'm getting at? So what are we doing? Is it appropriate to sing to one another? Sure it is. Is it appropriate for us to sing together in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Sure it is. But what's that last phrase say? Number one, it needs to come from your heart. And number two, you need to be doing that as to the Lord. So there is, there is no room in that verse for me, for me to, I guess this is the best word, steal. Maybe that's a good word, to steal God's glory. I don't want to be the guy that people says, oh man, he's just such a wonderful singer, then nobody even considered God who I just sang about. That would, that would be a flip-flop. Okay, that, that's not what we want. So music is good, but there's, there's a purpose there. So number one is this. Yes, we sing to one another. We sing to one another. Um, and so that's, that's a very good tool. It lifts us up. There are ways that it does that. Let's look at another verse. Ephesians, uh, Colossians. So let's go over to the book of Colossians, chapter number 3. If you are any in Ephesians, just go over two books. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So number one, how is music used? We sing to one another, and we sing to the Lord. We want to honor Him with it. So yeah, we sing to one another. Absolutely we do. It's in the Bible. Colossians three sixteen. Oh, that's why. Colossians 3.16. The Bible says, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now watch this. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. To the Lord's in there again. Now, what is the second purpose we're going to learn about music? Music ought to be for teaching. Music ought to be for admonishing. 
music ought to be something that helps us grow in the word of the Lord. Okay? Look at the first line again, verse number 16. Let the word of Christ, the word, dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How? Teaching and admin, admin, admonishing one another. How? In psalms and hymns, in spiritual songs. So I believe this, secondly. Yes, we sing to one another. But I also believe the songs that we sing ought to be of some sort of spiritual depth. It ought to be something that by the time I'm done singing, I can reflect on those words and say, man, God's good. For example, we used Amazing Grace again. I can look at that song, Amazing Grace, and every now and then we, and the, the pitfall is we all can just sing it without even having to think. But if you stop and go through and read those words and chew on them for a minute, God's grace is good. So I absolutely think church music, when we're talking about worship music, music that we sing, because the word in there, to the Lord, that was your last three words again. The music we sing to the Lord in a church context ought to be something that is truthful, ought to be something that teaches us and helps us grow. Um, this might be for a different a, a different day. I might talk about this next week. Um, there is a song, and I'm not opposed to music just because it's new. Here is a uh, song. Some of you might have even heard this one. Just because it's new doesn't mean that it's, it's wrong. I know a lot of our hymns are old, and some people accuse people like, oh, you just like the old stuff. No. Most of the time, the old stuff is just the truest stuff. Um, but let me give you this one. Here is a new, what people would call a modern hymn. I'm going to read to you the lyrics. After I start reading them, you'll probably recognize it. Um, the song is called, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And it asks that question. It says, How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns his face away. Remember on the cross? As wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. The hymnist is saying this like he sees himself amongst the people that are putting Christ on the cross and nailing him there and scoffing at Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. That's, that's doctrine. That is truth. That, that's stuff that when I hear that song sung, it's not the melody. The, the actual meaning and the depth of that song reminds me about Christ and who I am and how rich of a sinner I am. See, see, see how that fulfills the verse? In stark contrast, again, let's talk about what it's not. I am not saying this to mock anyone. I just want to show you the facts. There is another... I guess we would call it genre, call it what you want. There's another song out there that gets labeled as, as anyway, I'm going to see if I can even look the words to it. I don't even know. Hang on a second. Because I, I don't even think I know all the, the lyrics to it. I, I, I heard it once on, I think it was on Facebook or something. Somebody posted to it. Uh, it doesn't matter. I can't find it. Anyway, the title of this song was this. I'm going to get my worship on. Okay? And, and the idea behind this, this song was just that this person is going to show up, they're going to go to church, and they're going to go and, and get it on and worship. And they're going to have a good time doing it. it. It's a song, but where's, 
where's your doctrine in there? Where's your teaching? Where's, where's your truth? How, how am I admonished and better for hearing that? See, if we're talking about church music, we're talking about it being used in church for a specific reason. The reason we like hymns is because it checks those boxes, okay? Um, so, Colossians 3.16, the Bible's pretty clear on that. Let the word of Christ, the hymns that we sing in a church context, they need to be something that Christ has taught us, and they need to dwell in us in all wisdom, teaching us, admonishing us one another. How? In hymns and spiritual songs. And, of course, above all, to the Lord. All right, how about this? Let's look at another one. Psalms 100. Psalms 100. Psalm 100. As again, we're talking about specifically church music. Psalm 101 to 5. We'll just go ahead and read this whole, this whole chapter. That's a little one. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Man, I've got to go to the Lord with songs. Sing songs to the Lord. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So, now, here we have the psalmist. He's just saying, you know what? We need to go before the Lord, singing to him about how good he is and about how wonderful he is, making a joyful noise. So there's more scripture about music in general, or music that we use for worship. If I am singing a song in the attitude of worship, I am offering that to God. Lord, I am going to sing this song to you about how good that you are, and that's going to be a joyful noise, a, jo a noise that when other people hear it, it's going to be, you know, joyous. I, I didn't include it in here, but it's actually kind of a funny scripture. There's another verse in Psalms, maybe it's Proverbs, it talks about a guy that's very, very sorrowful, and he's, he's sad, and he's, his heart is very burdened. And if a guy comes in and starts singing just these chipper music, he says it's almost like you're pouring vinegar on his wound because, you know, it's, he's like, oh, you're be quiet, you know. Anyway, the Bible says we need to make joyful noises unto the Lord. So how does the Bible say we should use music? Here's my first three for, for this point. Number one, we sing one to another. Got it. And that's what we do. We sing congregational songs. Sometimes people sing a special and sometimes choirs sing. Those things are great because we're singing one to another. Got it. Number two, they are for teaching and for admonishing. So what's being said in there needs to be truthful. It needs to be doctrinal. If it's in a worship context, it needs to be the word of God. Hymns, hey, they check that box. They're very good. They're deep. I love those. And then also the noise, it needs to be joyful. It needs to be something that, I guess we could put it this way. A joyful noise is not about the words. A noise that's joyful talks about what you hear. How many of you have ever seen one of these uh, old films? You got, you got a movie, a film, a movie, whatever. Uh, you got people getting ready to go to war, say the Civil War, say even the Revolutionary War. 
And you got these guys, the, the fact that they would even do this now, the way we understand war is just unreal. But, you know, they would, they would line up in a line. And, man, here they would. They would march towards each other, just right into the cannon fire and into the, into the rifle fire. And they would just get, I think they said the effective range was like 50 yards. So, I mean, 50 yards from each other. Hey, you stand there, I'll stand here, and we'll shoot at each other. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's nuts. I say that to say this. If you listen, they had instruments playing. What kind of music was it? It was chipper. It was something kind of happy. It was something upbeat to, if at all possible, keep the men from being afraid and to keep them ready and willing to keep marching forward even to their own death. That music was what kind of noise? It was a joyful noise, really, in the midst of a chaos. So the Bible is saying here for even our worship music, the kind of sound that it has, that noise needs to sound joyful. There again, hymns, they check that which is pretty neat. Um, next point, another question that we asked. Um, what are some areas of music that we need to consider? Now, th this one isn't going to be scripture. This is, this is us thinking through it. And I'll go through these quick because I want to get back to the Bible. I gave you three areas that we need to consider. If we are trying to figure out, okay, what kind of music do we sing in church? Well, the first question I want to ask is, what's the purpose of it? Um, what is the purpose of you singing? And man, this one goes so far because I want to ask, what's the purpose of the singer? I guess his motivation. What's the purpose of the listener? What's his motivation? And what's the purpose of the song that was written? Those are all three different, because watch this. You guys, you guys know the show, American Idol. What's that guy's name? Simon. The, the dude that's the judge. Here's what I'm picturing. Let's say you have a gal... She's lived her entire life for Christ. She loves the Lord, and she just wants everyone to know how much she loves the Lord. And she wants everyone to hear this song and the truth that's in it because they need to hear the message in it. So she comes up on the stage, and with a, with a motivation to honor the Lord and to admonish the church or to, to hear the message of the church, to uplift the church, she starts singing this song. But here in the back row, you've got a music critic. Ah, oh, she missed that by a half a beat. What would what, she throw that eighth note in there for? You know, ah, she's a little bit flat. And there's, everything she's doing is right. But now he's in the backseat. He's, he's letting the entire purpose of what's happening miss it. So I think the motive of the listener, the purpose of the listener is a big one. I think when we come to church, we need to come to, and am I getting ahead of myself in these notes? Yeah, I am a little bit. I'll come back to it, though. I think the purpose of us when we come to church is not, well, that's not I think, this is biblical. We don't come to church for the purpose of entertainment. We go to the movie theater for that. We come to church for worship. We come to church because we want to learn about God and we want to honor God. Now, I'm not saying that worship has to be boring, okay? I, I try my best to at least be an orator that is somewhat easy to listen to. I don't think church should be boring, but also understand the purpose is not to be entertained, okay? And that's, that's hard for us in America because everything we do is entertainment. I mean, goodness, they even have to put music on at the grocery store so you're entertained while you're shopping, right? I mean, they entertain you everywhere. Sometimes it's okay to not have something that's entertaining, especially when it's in the sense of this. The purpose of church is not for me. The purpose of church is to honor God. That's where my focus is, not on me. I'll come back full circle with that one in a minute. So, 
the purpose, that's important. I think the lyrics, that's also going to be important. Um, teaching and admonishing, we already talked about that. So when I'm considering music, I'm going to ask myself, is what's being taught correct? I'll even give you this. There are some songs that are, they can be good with the singer. Hey, they have a good motive. They can be good with the noise. It's a, it's a joyful noise unto the Lord. It is spiritually uplifting. But when I see the message of it, and I'm talking in our hymn books, there are things that I have read sometimes in our hymn book, and I'm like, mm. doctrinally, that's a little bit off. So I think we're going to stay away from that one. Because the message is important. I mean, folks, it were it not for the Word of God, we wouldn't have anything. This, this is number one right here. So even the songs we sing, I want them to be proper when it comes to uh, the message. So lyrics are very, very important, but it's not just that. A third thing that we ask is what about the style? The music we sing ought to be of a joyful nature, something that brings out joy in us. Um, interesting thing that music will do, uh, and this will be a segue into my third and final question that we ask. We got about yeah, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Um, the style of music we sing. A lot of, I know a lot of times we major on the lyrics. Well, the words are right. The words are right. Okay, yeah. And a lot of times they are. But I think style is also very important because of this. Music, it will move you. Moves, and I'm not talking physically. I'm talking emotionally. I'm talking mentally. It will move you. I actually wrote a paper in college. It was on the morality of music. And I brought up this point. I'm going to go to the piano. And the question my professor asked was this. He said, is music moral? As in, is it possible for music to be good or bad? My answer to that question was this. I can't remember how he graded me on it, but I remember my research. My answer to that question was this. It's not the music. It's how you use the music. So, for example, this. That's a C note, I think. Yeah, that's a C. <laughs> my wife's probably telling me that's a C. It's a sound. There is nothing good or bad about a C note, okay? Or if I were to turn that into a chord, it fits. There is nothing good or bad about that. However, I can arrange music in such a way. Well, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, I, I haven't seen this here, but I went to a rodeo back in Carolina. This was when I was... 15, 16. I remember I went, to, I went there, and the very first time, this was actually an indoor rodeo, and I'm sitting up there in the bleachers, and, man, here's that cowboy. He gets up on that, that bull, and he's sitting there in the gates, and everybody's ready, and he's holding on, and, man, the chute flies open. The bull comes out, and he starts jumping, and as soon as the gate flew open, they, they turned on some music as loud as it would play, and it was just, like, extremely loud. You could feel your body shaking with this. I'm like... What in the world? And my cousin's the one that took me. I'm like, what is going on? He said, oh, they do that to make the bull buck harder. I'm like, really? I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, but that's what he told me. I'll never forget that day in my life. I'm like, really? He said, yeah. Yeah, man, they do that, and they'll get more points because the bull wants to buck harder and throw that cowboy off there. I said, well, okay, maybe you guys, I know that you know more, so maybe I was wrong, or he was wrong. But that's what he told me. I'm like, okay. And I take that to segue into this. A lot of times, if you ever go to a, a physical competition, talking about like a fight, a boxing match, a fighting match, whatever, one of the things that they, or even I've seen this in football games, when these guys are getting ready to compete, 
they will play a particular style of music that does nothing more but puts them in the mentality and in the physical readiness to get out and hurt somebody. That's what that music is designed for. They, they amp their bodies up so they are ready to beat somebody's face in. That's dramatic. I'm sorry. But that's what it's for. That's what's why they play it and when they play it. That is a style. That is not lyric. That's a style. The, the actual feel of that music, it changes a person. So I think when we talk about worship music, it should sound in such a way that I would be okay having that feeling that it brings in the presence of God. Why? Because we're here to worship. Worship music needs to sound like worship music, and it needs to teach worship music. Hymns, it checks that box. So I think the style is what we bring into it. Our last point, and then we'll... We'll be done. We'll have, um, there's a few verses with this one, and we'll talk about how we answer that. Let's go to John 4.24. John 4.24. I'm getting ready to say something that's going to sound nitpicky, but I think it's important. How many of you would agree that in our, our context that we live in today, our society, we live in a consumer-oriented culture? I think that's, that's where we live, right? I mean, everything is advertisement. Do you like this? Do you not like this? Uh, you know, Baskin-Robbins, we've got 31 different flavors, man. Is it 31? I guess it's 31. We've got 31 different flavors of ice cream, man. You don't like this one? You just tell me. We'll get you another one. Whatever you like, it's user's choice. Okay, but because of that, we bring that idea into worship, and we're wrong when we do it. I, I don't, I'm not saying that to say this. I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think that, that church should be something that is boring. I don't think it should be something that is uninteresting. I mean, man, we're talking about God's word. We're talking about heaven and hell here. Lives hanging the balance. I don't think it should be something that is a drudge to be able to attend when we go to worship. But at the same time, please understand, serving God is not consumer oriented. Does that make sense? Let me show you what I mean. John 4, 24. The Bible says this. I'm sorry, I went the wrong spot there. God is a spirit. Okay. And they that worship him, there it is, must worship him. How? In spirit and in truth. All right. We're talking about God. We're talking about worshiping God. God says, you're going to worship me? Here's your two avenues you do it. You're going to worship me in spirit and you're going to worship me in truth. That's how I want my worship to be done. See, this is, this is what we've done. And man, I, fe I feel like there is a, a human element to this, and maybe Satan's been sneaky with it again too. I, uh, we've taken worship and we've said, hey, this is me. This is how I worship. This is my worship. I like to do my way in my worship. Hold on now. When did it ever become our worship? It's not ours. Man, it's God's. If I'm going to worship God, I'm going to worship God in God's way because it's His. Remember Cain and Abel? 
God said, hey, here's sacrifices. You're going to sacrifice to me. This is the way you do it. Abel took a lamb. He sacrificed it in God's way. Cain said, ah, I'm going to do it my way. He took fruits, and he offered up fruits. The Bible says that God honored Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. Why? Because Cain didn't do it God's way. Abel did do it God's way. So it's, it's not up to me to choose how I worship. It's up to God because it's His. And, and truth be told, we want so much to have control over the things we do, we ignore the fact that it's God's. And we say it's ours. So what I want to talk about for just a minute is this. And, and I want to make sure I'm doing good with time. John 4.24 says, if I'm going to worship God, I have to worship Him two ways, in spirit and in truth. And if we're talking about music, and specifically church music, I believe the music we are taking to worship God needs to have those two elements. It needs to sound spiritual, and it needs to have truth. It needs to be spiritual and sound, and it needs to be truthful in its message. Notice, there is nothing in there that says it needs to drive you physically or your body. Okay? Because... Church music needs to be something that the 105-year-old can come into church in a wheelchair and get the exact same thing out of it that the 20-year-old can. Why? Because it's spirit and it's truth. It doesn't matter where you are physically. Folks, we're talking about what we're doing for God in our spirit and in our understanding. That's how we grow. So I think, I think we do a disservice to God himself when we make our music about us. When we say, hey, I want to sing this music because I like the way it sounds. Okay, well, does it meet God's parameters? Now listen, I understand. There's, there's nothing wrong with music that is for the purpose of entertaining. I'm not preaching against entertaining music. We might get to that next week. Today I'm just talking about in the church. Sunday morning, we're in a church service. I mean, you know, I, I come from Appalachian. Okay, not Appalachian, it's Appalachian, I'm from there, so I get the pick. I come from the, the Appalachian Mountains, where we're thinking, you get a line, I'll get a pole, honey. You know, there's nothing wrong with entertaining music. But if you're talking about in a church context, let's understand we're here to worship God. And we're going to give God, God's worship, God's way. Does that make sense? And to that point, when I look at hymns and when I study that music, it checks the boxes. And so well, I, want to, I want us to be as close to that as we can. So we worship God how? In spirit, and we worship God in truth. Last verse, and we're done. Galatians 5.17. Galatians 5.17. And this will be the final point that wraps it all together. Galatians 5.17. I want to tell you one more thing about music. And this isn't just music. You can apply this to everything in your life. This is a general principle. Your spirit is at war with your flesh. They just are. They don't agree with one another. Your flesh does not like what your spirit likes, and your spirit does not like what your flesh likes. So why would we bring our flesh into God's worship? Let's read the verse. Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. In other words, what the flesh wants is 
against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. All right. Now, there's a lot more to that scripture, especially when you get into the context, but the general application is still there. That your flesh and your spirit are two different things. Your flesh wants something different than your spirit, and your spirit wants something different than what your flesh wants. So when we come to a spiritual place, and we are in a place where we want to worship God in a spiritual nature, because that's how he told us to do it, we need to remove as much of the flesh as we can. I don't, I don't want church to ever be a place where flesh is glorified and where flesh is lifted up. I want church to be a place where spirit and truth are lifted up. And I think that's something that needs to be reflected in our music. So why are hymns so much different than every other kind of music out there? Because typically that music is spiritual music. It is truthful music, and it doesn't have hardly any flesh to it. So it sounds different. It feels different. It's, it seems different when I sing it. And we sing it to one another, which is a little bit different, because we don't do that really very much anywhere else. And it's not like it's a performance, like the way the world does it. It's just, it's different. And by the way, it should be. That's the way that God has told us to do it. So ladies and gentlemen, today I know we, we jumped into music, and probably I'm going to start getting into and answering more questions about music later on next week. Today we just stuck it with church music. Church music's different than everything else, because we use it to worship. And if we're going to worship God, we want to worship God God's way. Why? It's because God's a spirit. And the way to worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. All right, folks, let's... Uh, bow for prayer and we'll be dismissed and as always if you have anything you want to talk about I'm always here for you let's pray our Lord we love you I want to praise you and thank you for being so good to us Lord I pray that as we continue through this study of what worship is and how things are in church I pray you'd help us to have a biblical mindset Lord, I pray that you would help us to honor you with all the things that we say and do here within the church and and Lord it is even part of that I pray that that would be our heart's desire to lift up you and not ourselves. We love you, Jesus, and thank you for all that you do for us. I ask you go with us this week as we get ready to go to our different places, go to our different jobs and see our community. I pray that you would help us to be ambassadors for you. Help us to bring the message of the kingdom and, Lord, the wonderful attributes of the kingdom to those around us even here today. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.